the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If your family's like mine, the holidays are a time of love, sharing, and folks getting together. This can be a fun, refreshing, rewarding time, but it can also be a season of a lot of stress. A few hours into a certain family member's visit, you're reminded why you don't spend so much time with that person anymore. The snide comments, rivalry, and the conflict can become sometimes just a little bit much. Each family's different, but I encourage you to expect conflict. But remember, love has a way of turning even our worst enemies into friends. If things get heated, keep a cool head. Even if you have the right to snap back, remember, a soft answer turns away wrath. We will all have our moments, but I'm confident that you have what it takes to turn this holiday into something special. Hello, welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We are so glad that you joined us today. We believe that the truth of God's word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message. Isaiah chapter 9. Merry Christmas to everyone here. We had a wonderful day yesterday. Uh, I'm I'm not going to take up too much time, but you will leave here well-fed and well-directed by the scriptures. And we know, because we've been in uh, the prophets for some time, we covered, I believe, about six prophetic books, prophetic books on uh, the last few uh, Sundays of the quarter. And uh, we know from the scripture that often the prophetic books say more than even the narratives did or do about events that eyewitnesses saw. In other words, God would prophetically show a writer the details that would happen even before those with natural eyes looked on the the circumstance. The Bible talked about in the Psalms them pulling out Jesus' beard. But actually, in the Psalms narrative, I'm sorry, in the the gospel narrative, some of those details are not mentioned. But the reality is God supernaturally, by the Holy Spirit, revealed to the prophets details that only with the prophets could the New Testament saints get a full picture of our Christ and our Lord. Are you with me? So we're going to go backwards, if you will. We're not going to look at the uh, stories written by the eyewitnesses. We're going to go back to Isaiah, and we're going to take a look at what the Holy Spirit showed him regarding this child, this son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isaiah begins, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given. Why is this of great importance? Babies had been born Uh, Since Adam and Eve, sons had been dedicated to the Lord since uh, the beginning of time. What's the deal here? Why does Isaiah say 
a baby is going to be born because he's speaking of a special baby and not just any baby. You know, the Bible says in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, that Jesus was born king of the Jews. And that language may strike us as odd. Matter of fact, you could very easily read over it. But the reality was Herod was not born into the royal family. He was not a descendant of David. He was not born king. He was made king by Caesar. And because he was made king, there was a level of insecurity that he operated. And actually, he went mad and he killed uh, much of his family, uh, concerned and paranoid that they were going to try to take the throne from him. But Jesus would not be made king by a council, not made king by a government. He would be born with divine rights to lead, to reign, and to rule on planet Earth. He says here, for to us a child is born and a son is given. And the government will be on his what? What's this government on your shoulders? It's a picture of a yoke. Uh, back in the ancient world, yoke, a yoke represented a person's work. And what he's saying was that when this king would come, he would have a work or his work would actually be to restore government. Now, many of us were trained that Jesus came to bring a religion. Christianity has over one billion adherents, but I'm not convinced that all one billion are going to heaven. Do you hear what I'm saying? We made a religion out of what God wanted to be a relationship. The Bible says here the government will be what? On his what? Shoulder. What did Jesus come to do? He came to rule through the hearts of men and women who loved him on planet Earth. He did not come just to give us something to do on Sunday. You know, he didn't come just so we can, you know, uh, you know what? I know that, you know, Sunday television is not so great, you know, that there's done but, you know, some news programs. And I, I know, you know, on Sundays, it's just going to be a tough day. You know what? Because I love you, I'm going to give you something to do on Sunday. And I'm, what I'm going to do, I'm going to send my son and, and he'll give you something to think about, you know, uh, every Sunday morning so you don't have to, you know, watch those programs. Do you think that was the real purpose? No. He came to establish his reign and his rule. He came to establish government. The seat of Christ's government is not Washington, it's not Berlin, it, it's not Moscow. It's not even really in Jerusalem. One day it will be. The seat of Christ's government is in our hearts. This baby was born to rule in and through the hearts of men and women. Matthew 11 and verse 28. I want to develop this just a little bit this morning. The Bible says, and his government shall be upon his Shoulders. Hmm. Why was Jesus born? To give us back government. If you look at the fruits of the spirit, it'll begin with love. But the last uh, item mentioned is self-control. Why did Jesus come? To give me back control over me. It used to be I had to do what I did and I didn't want to do what I did. You hear what I'm saying? But he came to give me back control of me. He came to rule through me to give me control of my life. Since then I'm free to do that which I really desire to do because he's now reigning and ruling in my heart. Self-control or self-government is the highest form of government. And Jesus came to restore government to planet Earth. The Bible says, and his government shall be on his shoulders. Now that term shoulders, again, is imagery of a yoke. When Jesus in Matthew 11 said, my yoke is what easy, my burden is light, what was he speaking of? He was alluding back to the prophet here. 
But he was saying some profound things. Let's, let's pick it up. Matthew 11 and verse 28. Jesus says this. Come to me. Stop going to all the religious con artists. Come to me. I'm not talking about Buddha. I'm not talking about Muhammad. I'm not talking about the things that just kind of fill your life up with busyness. But come to me. All you who are what? Weary and what? Burdened. He was speaking to the most religious group on planet Earth at that time. These guys tied their salt and pepper. These guys, when they would, uh, their wives, when they would uh, season the food, the, the man, the Pharisee would stand and say, well, make sure you, you count those and put a tenth here for God and the rest for the Lord. These people, listen, they, they not only kept the Sabbath law, they kept fence laws. I mean, they had, you know, God gave them several hundred laws. They added more than a thousand to the existing. Well, these were highly religious people. And Jesus says to them, come to me, all you who are weary and what? Burdened. Religion will exhaust you. Religion will tire you out. Why? Because religion never gives you enough. It always requires more. You see, Jesus is a little bit different. See, in religion, it's all about appeasing God. And many of us were raised this way. If I'm good enough, God will bless me. But Jesus said, listen, I, I'm not another religious figure. I've come myself to appease God. I come to make peace with God. When Jesus said it is finished, it was absolutely finished. It was absolutely paid for. Debts were paid. Debts were canceled. It was done. Everyone up to that point had worked on their relationship with God. But once Calvary came, God wanted to work through us and in us toward our relationship with God. Are you tracking with me? I spent many years as a religious individual. I came to Christ and based on my teaching. And based on what the church taught me, I, didn't, I had not yet read the Bible for myself. I had to work. I had to strive. I had to do everything within my power to please a God that's very, very hard to please. But then when I began to read the scripture, and I found that he loved me while I was yet a sinner, that uh, when he looked at Jesus, said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. But then the Bible says, now I'm in Christ. The Bible says that I'm able to please him in every good work. It began to blow my mind that I don't have to earn it anymore. Christ earned it. And since he earned it, I can now find rest in him. Are you hearing me? All the work I do is Christ working through me, not me in my flesh trying to please an angry God. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. You will never, ever find rest till you get rid of religion. Please hear me. Folks sometimes don't understand what I'm saying here. Religion is mentioned a few times in the scripture. But when James uses the term, he has to, he, he has to kind of preface it. He says true religion. He said, listen, there's, there's, there's genuine religion. But true religion is to tend to orphans. It's to look after widows. And he's implying there's, there's false religion, and then, then there's a true religion. But, but true religion, it expresses itself in good works that, that the center of it comes out of relationship. Do you hear me? With God. Because I love God and God loves me, I love you. True religion is very different than religion. And the Bible's very, very specific about that. He's speaking to religious people. Jesus came, listen, you don't need your religion anymore. 
Now, everything from this point on is going to be based on relationships. Hence, when you used to pray, you used to say, well, you know, I did this, I did that. Now, God, do this for me. But now, pray in my name. Pray based on relationship with me. Pray based on the fact that I paid the price for your sin with God. Your righteousness is no longer dependent on your goodness. It's dependent on my goodness. Are you hearing me? This was radical stuff. The only time and the only way we'll find rest and peace in this season is if we let God be God and we let our Savior be our Savior. Listen, he will work through me to do the right things. But in myself, I am nothing and I will never accomplish the things that God's assigned me less. He helps and gives me grace. He says, all of you who are weary and burdened, I will give you what? Rest. He says, take my what? Get rid of every other religious idea. Listen. In this time, when they spoke of the yoke, they were speaking of the yoke of the law. He was speaking of their religious systems. He said, listen, don't do what the Pharisees are teaching. Moses, he did some great things, said some right things, and and his word is true. And I come to fulfill his every word spoken through Moses. But you need to understand there's a greater covenant than Moses' covenant. He says here, take my yoke. Whose yoke are you carrying? Whose yoke are you bearing? I watched the Christmas program over the holidays, and uh, there was wonderful gospel music. But uh, the the program was sponsored by some major sponsors. And I I listened uh, to to the the person that was emceeing the show. There was not one reference to Jesus. There was reference to family. There's reference to joy and peace. Do good to your neighbor. But there was no reference to our Lord. And what has happened largely in the church, we've gutted the Christian faith of Christ. We preach principles without the person. And for that, we're entering into a a downward spiral. But but Jesus says this way, he said, take my personal yoke. It's in my name that you'll be set free. Not by just learning some good principles. Listen, the Bible has some outstanding principles. The Bible will teach you how to live healthy and successful lives. But without the person of Christ, you've missed. I mean, that, that's, that's like someone living well but going to hell. I mean, I mean that's like telling a joke but leaving out the punchline. I mean, for us to, to talk about family and, and all the blessing God brings without the person that brings it, we've missed it. Jesus said, take my personal yoke upon you. And learn from me. Now, I want you to notice here that a yoke is for two animals. Jesus is saying there must be participation. I am your sovereign. I am your God. Yes, I paid it all. But you have to let me work through you and you have to work with me for the things in your salvation to be made sure. Are you hearing me? He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your what? Souls. Here's the key. How do you find rest? Learning from him. You know, in my walk with God, this is years ago, and even now sometimes, I get frustrated and and sometimes I get overwhelmed with circumstance. And I'm like, God, you know, know, I'm your child. I I love you. I, I read your word. How am I in this situation? How do I feel so overwhelmed? 
But the scripture says, learn of me. And then what does it say? It says, learn of me. For I'm gentle in heart, and you'll find what? Rest for your what? Soul. Basically, your rest is dependent on your learning. Most people go to church for encouragement. Sometimes I need to be encouraged. Uh, it's very vital that we encourage one another in God, in, in the Lord. But if you're hearing the same message you've heard every year for the last 20 years, are you hearing me? Something's amiss. It says here, and learn from me. And then he's talking, learn about my character, my nature. And you'll find rest for your soul. I have learned in my walk, as, as saved as I am, as blood-bought as I am, as redeemed as I am, if I stop learning, I stop growing, and I stop resting. And basically, when I began to understand that he paid it all, that he did it all, that he was born for me to be a substitute for my sin, and I began to really grab hold of those things, there was not just a spiritual peace, but there came an intellectual peace. There came an emotional peace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says here, I want you to learn from me. Take my yoke and let me guide you. You know, in the ancient world, they would take a big ox and yoke him with a small ox. And the small ox, if he did not follow the leading of the larger ox, there were times that the larger ox would actually break the young ox's neck. God said, I don't want to break your neck. I want there to be harmony and agreement. So that same spirit that's in me, I'm going to put in you. So you're going to want to do from the heart the same things I want to do. And we're going to be yoked up together. We're going to plow the same lines. Are you hearing me? And what's amazing about a, a yoke is that the stronger animal always lifts and pushes and pulls the heavier weight. And that's so wonderful. That's the wonderful thing about my relationship, your relationship with God. Is there are weights, there are, 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 are burdens in our lives. But Jesus said, listen, you're yoked up with me. Let me pull the heavier weight. Yeah, you have a part to play. But if you stay connected, I will pull, I will push. Are you hearing me? Through this thing you're facing in your life. He said, listen, take my yoke upon you. The yoke of my government. The government will be upon his shoulder. The yoke of my government. An easier picture is if you've ever watched some of those uh, uh, National Geographic programs where a woman would go to the well with a yoke on her shoulder. And there'd be two buckets on either side, and she'd balance these buckets. Or you see it in China, it was usually a thin uh, piece of wood. And the, the Chinaman would, would, would balance the, the buckets on his shoulder. And the yoke made, gave him the ability to do more than what he would do by himself. And Jesus comes to yoke you up and, and release a synergy such that you can do with him that which you could not do on your own. But you must hook up to his government. You must, you see... The Bible said the government shall be upon his shoulder. He's the big ox. And you have to follow his leading in order to be successful in all your plowing. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for, listen, I, I'm not out to get you. I, I'm not angry at you. I love you. Yeah, I hate your sin. I'm angry with sin, but you I love. He said, for I'm gentle. You see, they've been lying to you about my nature and my character. And religion will do that. I'm gentle, man. I'm not trying to harm you. The Bible says, what did Jeremiah say? I know the plans I have for you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. God's not trying to get you, otherwise you'd already be gotten. All right? He said, for I'm gentle, and you worship a gentle God. I'm humble. It's not all about me. It's not just about my name at the expense of you. 
I don't just want slaves. I want sons and daughters. I want relationship. He says, have that revelation of me. That I'm not, yeah, I'm a powerful king, but I'm also a gentle king. I'm a humble king. I'm almighty. I mean, God has all the power of the universe, but he lets the sun rise and set on the wicked and the just. He's gentle even with our sins. If many of us were king, there wouldn't be a breeze. There wouldn't be any gentleness on any that ever turned their back or mind on God. But he's so kind in spite of us. He puts up with us day after day, and he gives us space to turn to him and repent. He says, and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. 30 years in church, but no rest. Something more. He says, if you're truly learning of me, more than getting your shout on. If you're truly learning of me more than saying, well, you know, I think the worship team did a good job. I'll give them a B. I'll give them a B plus. I get, you know what? I think the ushers, you know what? They were sharp and on point. I'll give them a 10. No. He say, if you evaluate me, but if you learn from me, how many of you are hungry to learn something from God? Yeah. I know that's my passion. That's my desire to know him more. What did Apostle Paul say in his latter days of his life? He said, not that I've arrived or attained that which God has taken hold of me for. No, no, no. I want to know him. And, and, and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his son. He said, I want to know him. As old as he was and, and as much as he knew, he recognized there was more to know. And I want us all to have a learning and growing relationship. With God, But we could say by this time next year, I know more about you, Lord, than I did last year. And I'm so grateful. And then more the next year. That's the value of settings like this. Even if there's five in the room, if you leave here with one thing, it was worth your time. Are you hearing me? You know, when I read a book, I don't read it for the entire book. I read it for that one sentence, that one statement that will change my life. When I read through the Bible, it's not all the thousands of words. It's that one word. It's that rhema word that gets on the inside of me, that begins to live in me, that changes and transforms me. When I got saved, I didn't understand anything about the second coming, but I did understand he loved me. And just, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That was enough. I didn't understand the Trinity. I didn't understand any, but, but that was enough. As time progressed, I learned more and more. You see, we need to have that hunger. What is wisdom? It's knowing the right thing to do at the right time. And Jesus, the Bible says, become our wisdom. He's here to give us the right revelation, the right insight at the right time so we can do the right things, amen, and secure the right results. He says, for my yoke is easy. What did he say his yoke was what? You know what this language comes from? What did Jesus do for a living? He was a carpenter. And you know, he would build yoke. So I, I believe this passage had a special place in his heart. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. 
Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. There are so many people who still need the light of the gospel. So if you enjoy the broadcast and are blessed by Dr. Greer's teaching, don't keep it to yourself. Tell someone about it. But not only that, consider giving your financial support as well. Dr. Greer? As a listener-supported ministry, I'm really grateful to all our partners who so lovingly support us and help us stay on the air and continue to expand our outreach. If you're not a partner or have not supported Derek Gray Ministries financially, I encourage you to simply pray and ask God what to give and know when you sow your seed, you're sowing into the lives of people just like you around the globe. Hebrews 6 and 10 says this, God is not unjust to forget your labor of love that you have shown him as you helped his people. As you help God's people, God will not forget your investment. So again, there's no pressure. Simply tell God that you want to be a part of changing people's lives. Then do whatever he places on your heart and watch God make the difference as you help us take this message of hope and truth to people around the globe and expand the gospel. Go to DerekGreer.com slash partnership. That's Derek Greer, G-R-I-E-R dot com slash partnership to find out more about what we're doing and how you can become a part of us changing our world for Jesus Christ. Dr. Derek Greer and the Grace Church family invite you to charge into 2018 Living Big. Join us for vibrant worship and a powerful word from God at our New Year's Eve celebration service on Sunday, December 31st. The service will be right here at Grace Church and doors will be open at 9 p.m. for fellowship. Then the service will begin at 10 p.m. Please note, although we will have a youth service for middle and high school, child care for children 5th grade and younger will not be available. So if you have children up to 5th grade, they are welcome to worship with us in the sanctuary. How you end one thing may determine how you begin the next. So end the year right. Join us here at Grace Church on New Year's Eve. For more, visit gracechurchva.org. That's gracechurchva.org. We look forward to celebrating all that God has done in 2017 and running full steam ahead into 2018. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.